1: Welcome into the NFL week six edition of the RotoWire Sports Betting Podcast, your favorite episode of the week, which you can find right here in the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast feed. You can listen to us live. Hopefully, you're doing so on YouTube, on Twitter. You can find the archive versions wherever you get your podcast or on the RotoWire YouTube channel. I am Nick Whalen, joined as always by my good pal, John McKechnie. John, I feel like the last, what, probably four or five uh, episodes of this that we've done, One of us has been in like some sort of travel crunch, like either catching a flight an hour later, like last week I had to get out and go to a wedding rehearsal. Are you staying put this weekend? Are you doing nothing but watching football?
2: Thank God. Yes. Uh, My my wallet thanks me. My liver thanks me. Uh, I think I thank me for for this. Uh, I've traveled four out of the last five weekends. Uh, I'm ready to just hang out for for a bit. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as, as a result, uh, you know, I'm extra pumped for, for this slate. I'll be able to consume all of it um, just in gluttonous fashion. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Uh, You know, starting Sunday morning with with the Ravens and and moving on forward. But I think we also just kind of have like a really fun slate of games. I, I think all across the windows we have good stuff cooking. So I'm I'm really mm-hmm. excited to see see. You know, we're we're. Inching closer towards that midway point of the season, we we still have some questions about some of these yep. teams, and I think a lot of them get answered this weekend.
1: Yes, I think you put it well. I mean, there, there are a couple couple iffy ones. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm circling Patriots Raiders as a, a game where I'm gonna you know go hide in my room and be like Molly don't talk to me. I gotta watch Pat's Raiders. But really, that's the only one. Like there there's intrigue all over the place. Like Saints Texans. You know, on paper, kind of an ugly game. I'm really looking forward to, to see what both these teams look like. Houston has become one of my favorite teams to watch week in and week out. I think Seahawks Bengals is a fascinating one. Um, we'll get to all these, as we always do. Uh, we are recording on Thursday late afternoon. So by the time most of you hear this in the feed, uh, you know Chiefs Broncos may already be over at that point. So we won't spend much time there. Chiefs 10 and a half point favorites. We know about the 15 game straight up winning streak for KC over Denver. Peyton Manning was the last Denver quarterback, John, to beat the Chiefs. Uh, KC 10 and five ATS in that span. Uh, you know, we, we talked about maybe using this one in circa 10 and a half was a the number there as well. You know, for one, I just don't like using the Thursday game because you have to lock every game at that point. And there, there's a lot you know still to be decided in terms of injuries and whatnot. Um, and two, 10 and a half is just a tough number here.
2: It's It's a brutal number because, you know, the, the Chiefs still haven't really looked like the Chiefs, like total world beaters. Just yet and you know uh, Even if Kelsey's playing you don't expect him To maybe be at that full 100% maybe I'm saying that And yet he, he has a performance like he did last Year where he has like four catches for Like 15 yards and four touchdowns um, So we'll see There but I, I think where I end up landing here And we, we've seen it a handful Of times this year where I think Double digit home favorites are 4-0 I, I believe to, to this Point in the season mm-hmm. and the Broncos are just—they are that bad. Um, you know, bad. you 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 trick you you trick yourself into trusting them against the Bears. That doesn't go well. You you know, think think about them at, at home against the Jets. They lose by ten. It's just like it. Them going into Arrowhead, it just feels like this is impossible. They 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 might get saved
1: by the hook here, but that's that's about the the
2: yes. best argument I can see for for using the Broncos tonight.
1: Yeah, the hook is what scares me here. And, you know, Kansas City, they were sub 500 ATS team last year. They actually played two really close games against Denver. Uh, both of those were one score games, only beat Denver twice by a combined nine points. Uh, I I, I have no faith in Denver whatsoever. It does sound like Travis Kelsey's is going to play. So I, I think KC is the side here if you want one or the other. But 10 and a half, just uh, a little too rich for my blood. I'm looking at Pacheco props. I, I saw a tweet from, yeah. from John Ewing uh, earlier today saying that 99% of the action, I forget what book it was, 99% of the action was on the over for I think 74 and a half yards for Pacheco, mm-hmm. which is pretty high for him. Like he's, he's not somebody that routinely you know, is, is nearing hundred yards every week, but uh, easy to pick against this Denver defense. Let's get into the Sunday slate. We'll hit every game as we do. We'll, we'll jump around. I want to start by throwing out a few games, John, that I do want to consider using in the circuit contest. For those not familiar, we got to pick five games against the spread, You know, kind of similar to a, a classic super contest format we're back to 500 on the year, John back to back three and two weeks for us had a tuple or a a couple tough ones. uh, Each of the last two weeks, we were victimized by the Patrick Mahomes slide uh, a couple of weeks Mm -hmm. ago. We, we lost on two bets that I would have said were two of my favorite of the year last week. And that was, I I thought Buffalo was going to go into London, take care of the Jaguars. That did not happen. And we both, we both thought Baltimore was in such a good spot on the road at the Steelers. Every single trend in the world, John was screaming at us. You're wrong. These AFC North games, they're always weird. Anytime Baltimore and Pittsburgh get together, just take the underdog, close your eyes, and know what's going to win. We went against the trends, and look, we, we got beat.
2: Yep, hand up. That was my best bet. Um, and, and you know, through the first quarter or so, that it looked good. Um, and then the Ravens, uh, all the receivers forgot how to catch passes. Um, so that that makes it uh, exceedingly difficult. Uh, you also get right. a blocked punt. Um, with uh, You also have a Pittsburgh fumbled punt. And you don't score off of that when when the fumble occurred by, by one gunner shevsky at like the twenty yard line of the Steelers, Ravens still find a way to not cash in there that had the play calling blunder at the end of the first half. I mean, it was really bad. I was watching it in Cincinnati. So like it I don't know if like the, like just the, the like the requisite like powers uh floating off of the uh, the Bengals stadium, like you yeah. know, was was giving me bad juju, what whatever it was, but you know, we're, we're going to rinse it and move, move on. Um, yeah. you know, we, we did nail the, the Niners and, and the Jets felt great about those. So not, not all was lost.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ravens, uh, you know, taking it over for the Jags. Their London residency has ended after two weeks. So Ravens shipping out now, uh, to face the Tennessee Titans, uh, I caught wind that the Ravens apparently flew out on Monday. So they've been there all week. I think Tennessee coming in a little bit later, I don't. I don't know if I put too much stock into decisions like that. I think in general, I guess you probably want to be there early, but uh, I don't know if that's going to swing us one way or the other. But let's start there. It is the first game uh, for me in Central Time. This is going to be eight thirty a.m. I love these London games. I don't love when my team is, is over there playing in those necessarily, but I love having some like pre-appetizer football before we get to the main slate. Baltimore been holding pretty steady, John, as a three and a half four point favorite. It's up to four now at most books. Do we dare? consider buying back in on the Baltimore Ravens this week.
2: No, no. And the, the Titans okay. are, they're, they're a mercurial team in their own right. You know, the, they'll come out swinging one week and, you know, beat up on the Bengals and then, you know, fall flat the the following week. So it, you know, but by, by that pattern uh, that they, they're down a week, they're up a week uh, that they, they would kind of project to be up this week. But yeah, like you said, the travel differential is kind of an interesting one, but it's hard to make heads or tails of that. But I think the fact that this is more than a field goal game is what what's steering me t- towards taking the points here. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, you don't expect the, the Ravens' offense to, um, you know, have seven drops, you know, leave upwards of three touchdowns um, on the po- or on the field the way they did last week. But I also don't necessarily count on Lamar Jackson having the best performance of any quarterback uh, as PFF had him graded last week, not against his Titans defense. So um, I I think the Ravens are also going to struggle to to run the ball unless Lamar Jackson, um, you know, kind of does it, his, his magic act out there. So I expect this to be a slog. Um, I I don't really think that the Titans offense is going to get a whole lot going in its own right. So if I I had to take anything for this game, it's going to be the under, um, but, but for the spread, uh, I am on the Titans. I think the Ravens win ugly. So I, I know I'm kind of like hedging a little bit, but yeah. I, I can't see them by more than a field
0: goal.
1: Yeah, I think the play is the under on 42 here. And that number is actually up a little bit from where it sat earlier this week. So keep climbing, please. I don't I don't know if this one even gets to 40. Um, you know, the, the Titans defense is good against the run, which is always worrisome against Baltimore. They're also terrible against the pass. I mean, they've been a bottom five pass defense in terms of EPA uh, you know, on that side of the ball. So I, I think if Baltimore is going to win this game and if they're going to cover four, they're going to have to do it through the air, which obviously is, is dicey based on what we saw last week. I I also think that's one of those just anomaly games, right? Where like they're, the Ravens might go five or 10 years without dropping seven passes in a game. Like that, that does not happen very often. That's like something like one team does every couple seasons. Like that was an all-time bad game by that receiving core. So I, I don't think we can look at that. And say, all right, well, I guess the Ravens just can't catch passes. Like, we have to factor that into our evaluation. Like, I, I think that was a weird one-off game. It, it was a game where so many things had to go wrong. You know, if a game is ever 10-5 to 5 at any point, you should just void your bet. Like, I don't care what side you're on. Like, if the score is ever 10-5, to 5, just get out. Get out. It's not going to end well for you. And that's where it was after that bizarre <laughs> block punt safety, which – uh, you know, it's easy to say now, like watching that game, you just, you felt like something like that was coming, right? Like there's sometimes where you just know, you're like, oh boy, I, I, this isn't going to go well. And, you know, watching the Ravens line up from that punt, you know, right backed up to the end line in the end zone. You just kind of had a feeling that that's something, uh, I hate to use the W word here, but something wacky was going to go down.
2: Uh, we, we, we've hit the wacky quota for, for this week. Ho- hopefully yeah, n- nothing up. quite as wacky uh, happens uh, this week in London, although yeah, for, for your neutral entertainment value, I suppose that that is kind of a fun play, but um, bottom line here, low scoring like the under, and if I'm taking a side Titans plus four.
1: Okay. Let's go to a game that I want to throw out as a potential contender for our circa million card this week. I like the Atlanta Falcons, John, and we're getting them at two and a half at circa those lines lock uh, around 1 PM Eastern on Thursday, each week and they don't move after that. So you, you get them where you get them uh, numbers two and a half at most books right now. You might see some threes. We'll see where that ultimately uh, settles uh, or moves at all before Sunday. But I, I don't think I would like the, t- uh, the Falcons at three, certainly wouldn't like about three and a half, but with this number sitting at two and a half, they're at home. We, we, we can repeat all the Desmond Ritter stats we want. I don't know if you've heard John, he's not lost at home since high school. Uh, you know, the, the Falcons seem to play these close games every week. Uh, they actually haven't even ran the ball all that well of late, you know, we think of them as this, this kind of ground and pound team that just controls the clock. Like they didn't even get to hundred yards rushing last week against Houston, which to me is a little concerning, but of course they were able to offset that with what I thought was by far the best game of Desmond Ritter's career. We're now at this weird, like Zach Wilson crossroads with Ritter, where I, I think back to how we started talking about Zach Wilson two weeks ago after the Kansas city game. And you're thinking, Oh, oh they got Denver. Like, well, Zach Wilson's playing better. You know, this is going to be great we took the jets in circa we took the jets on this show last week for me it was it had nothing to do with zach wilson i didn't think zach wilson was just magically a better quarterback and i feel the same way about ritter like i I don't think i I don't think anything happened last week that is going to change the way he plays long term If, if we're looking at a you know 10 12 game sample the rest of the way i still view him as a glaring negative the question is can they can they get back to relying on the run game against washington
2: I think they can, um, and I think that they might actually be able to have some success through the air here. I mean, uh, they they don't have a DJ Moore type, but I think what we saw from the Washington secondary last week was an obvious, uh, glaring weak spot. And I'm not sure if uh, Jack Del Rio at present time is really like the tactician to to make those fixes on the fly. Um, so I, I think that this, this could be a pretty tough spot for Washington. And I think on the other side, just, you know, more, more picking on Washington, but boy, they, the offensive line and it, that coupled with Sam Howell's, um, I, I love Sam Howell. I love watching him play gunslinger, but I think he holds onto the ball too much for too long. And yeah. I, I, I envision, uh, that this Falcons pass rush, being able to get home a little bit. And it seems like the offense is kind of poorly designed in Washington. I mean, how do you throw 50 times and have only uh, t- like 10, uh, 10 of those targets go to McLaurin and Jahan Dotson? That's not just fantasy sour grapes. That, that just is bad methodology there. So I think Washington is going to kind of put itself out of position here. And I think the Falcons, especially at home, uh, especially with less than a field goal to cover, they they are in well, in good position here. So I do like the Falcons for our card.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Falcons at home in almost any situation. I think they are the better team, uh, but I think they're probably the better coach team at this point. And you, know, you can say what you want about Atlanta, but at least at least they kind of know what they are and I respect that. And sometimes maybe they lean too hard into it, but I, I think they they, they kind of understand the limitations of their quarterback on most weeks and they, they play to that and they, for the most part, limit mistakes. So we like Atlanta minus two and a half. Washington, by the way, dead last in the NFL this season, John, uh, in terms of, Score percentage on defense uh, opponents are scoring a touchdown or a field goal on almost 57 percent of their drives this season. Atlanta, by contrast, down at 34 percent, that's a little bit above league average. 49ers Browns, this is an interesting one. Um, you know, we, we had the the fortune of, of this game locking uh, at Circa already. So, depending on what happens at quarterback, it's not going to go any higher. Seven and a half was a number we got at Circa. Uh, That's still what I'm seeing uh, at at some books. Uh, It's actually up to eight and a half, excuse me, at DraftKings. It's climbing. That number is on the rise, baby. I I looked like an hour ago and it was still seven and a half. So eight and a half now uh, is our number for the 49ers. They are, of course, on the road. And we we don't have official word yet, John, on on Deshaun Watson, but I I think there's no other way to read this number than I I think things are trending toward Watson sitting out again.
2: I I think so. And obviously we – we won't be treated to the DTR experience again. Um, uh, you know, but and PJ Walker is much less fun of a failed quarterback to, to yeah. watch. But even if it was Watson out there, I w- I think I would like the, the Niners uh at seven and a half. Um that this I, I expect to go even higher. To your point about the odds, make sure you're checking out the Roto NFL odds page. It updates automatically all the time across it's a foster all the Boster page. It did the best, the absolute best in the biz. So make sure you got that bookmarked, but um, the the 49ers in a year where dominant teams are hard to find and, and, you know, getting holes poked in them constantly, you know, the the Cowboys for one last week against these very 49ers, the 49ers I I just think are leaps and bounds ahead of everyone right now. And, And even though they have to go on the road in this spot, I just don't really see the Browns, uh, being able to keep this one even moderately competitive. Like, yes, they have a good defense, but the the Niners are so balanced and multiple on offense. Like, say you you take George Kittle out of the equation. Okay, here's Brandon Ayuk, And then if, if you're shutting down the pass, generally uh, there's Christian McCaffrey just, you know, running up the sideline on you. So there's so many ways that they can beat you. And then the defense creates so much havoc. Nick Bosa is just a man possessed right now, and Fred Warner as well. So... This Niners team is just too good. Um, I know it's it's a very public side, and and we're going to see this line keep moving. But, hey, we're already getting a point's mm-hmm. worth of value, and it's just been an hour since since, uh, since that number locked. So, yeah, man, I, I, I have a hard time even considering the Browns in this spot. I, I think we'd have to go to like 11 and a half.
1: You know, and even if there is a reversal of fortune and it is Deshaun Watson, it's like, what, what is he going to look like? You know, I, I think maybe there's there's some pressure on Watson to play after some of the confusion before the bye. Uh, again, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're going to see PJ Walker. But, you know, even if it is Watson and, and we're on the, the Niners at seven and a half, like that doesn't really scare me, you know, a limited Deshaun Watson against this Niners defense that is playing, you know, almost as well as the offense at this point. And, you know, you always worry about the Cleveland defense. You know, they, they've been fantastic. But you also think back to that Baltimore game. Uh, the, the DTR experience, I, the, the defense didn't look the same. And part of it was, you know, they were being put in bad positions. They had the turnovers, but I think there was, there, there's kind of this like malaise that sets in when you realize like, we're not winning this game. Like our, our quarterback is not getting it done for us. And I think we can see that again with with PJ Walker. So I, I think there's a good chance that the 49ers play their first game under 30 points this year. But I also think there's a good chance that the Browns don't get to like 13 points in this game. I, I think this is probably like a 27-13 27-17 type of game for me in favor of the 49ers. So uh, yeah. I'm with you there. Um Browns, by the way, are 30th in the NFL in turnover percentage. I mean, they, they they are committing a ton of turnovers. San Francisco never turns the ball over. Uh And the Niners are scoring on almost 55% of their drives this season. So as great as Cleveland's defense is, I, I still give the edge to San Francisco. Uh
2: v- Visions in my head are, are dancing of the, the Wolverine meme where he's like forlornly looking at, at a picture and it's just Josh Dobbs. <laughs>
1: uh moving on Dolphins Panthers uh you know I'm not gonna say this is gonna be a fun game but the the Dolphins are in that realm I'll watch them play anybody I I don't really care who the opponent is and uh you know I I still like watching Bryce Young it's always fun to watch a a rookie number one pick but this is all about Miami uh this number is settled at 13 and a half uh that is where it still sits that's where it locked at circa as well first time in almost 30 years John that the Dolphins are double digit favorites in back-to-back weeks got to go all the way back to 1995 for the last time that happened, if this number was up to 14, I, I would maybe think twice, 13 and a half. I, I know it's tough to cover a big number two weeks in a row. I, I don't care what team it is, but I, I have a ton of faith in this Dolphins offense. And I, I think part of that is you look back to last week. I, I think the Dolphins played, I don't know, a, a B game, maybe even a B minus game offensively. If you factor in, you know, losing a touchdown on a 102 yard pick six, uh, another terrible pick by Tua where he just overthrew a receiver. And then losing a fumble in Giants territory. I mean, we could quibble about how many points were ultimately left on the board there, but you know they end up winning. They end up covering easily against the Giants. And to me, I, I think if you if you take away the pick six, you know that's probably a game that ends like you know thirty eight to, to ten instead of the final. So I, I I don't I don't really look at that as a minus at all for Miami. Obviously, not having Devon Han, that is a minus, but I don't think it matters against Carolina. You know, it, it might matter against some of the better opponents in the NFL. But this team has so much speed. Elsewhere on the roster, I think we just see a little bit more Raheem Mostert. We we see the return of Salvin Ahmed. We might see Jeff Wilson this week. Like, I, I don't really worry about Chan. Like, to me, he's almost a bonus player for this team.
2: Yeah, total, like, just icing on the cake. So, I mean, Mostert and Wilson should be able to, to carry it just fine. And I don't know if you saw the, the Tyreek Hill quote uh, from earlier today in in regards to the recently acquired Chase Playpool. He look, he's looking like a vending machine uh, out there on the practice field. What that means, I don't know, but I love it. So uh, he didn't clarify.
1: That, a lot of people responded asking, "It's like okay, so he he just sits there and takes your money?" I, I don't know. He <laughs> drops things. I, I'm not really sure. I, I think he meant it as a compliment. I've never heard anybody compare to a vending machine before.
2: No, it, it's absolutely confounding. It's the question of our time. It, it's it's you know something that will be uh, on day one of philosophy classes in, in universities um, across the country, um, but. Bottom line here, I think you you laid out a great case here for, for the Dolphins covering the, the big number. Uh, there, there have been three other instances this year of the home team uh, being a favorite of 12 or more points that those teams are all 3-0 and o, um, against the spread. And the Panthers, the one thing that's kind of working for them on offense is Adam Thielen. And I, I was talking to, to Mario, who obviously writes our uh, corner uh, matchup article and um, the Dolphins slot corner that, that – will be getting the Thielen assignment for the most part has been the best part of their secondary so far. So that, I mean, with the one good thing that that's going for the Panthers might actually get locked up this weekend and miles Sanders has been banged up. I mean, this just saying it feels like a disaster spot for, for Carolina. Once again, that, that will be a recurring theme for, for us uh, throughout the rest of the season. But um, in this case, even with a big number, I'm not blinking. Uh, give me the dolphins.
1: Yeah. I I just viewed the Dolphins offense as kind of on a different level than everybody else, maybe other than the 49ers, where again, so many things could go wrong and and they just keep coming. You know, like it feels like they're trying to score on every single play, whereas other teams are are trying to put together drives, you know, what what a ridiculous concept. Um, You know, the the Dolphins lost the time of possession battle by 11 minutes last week. They ran 14 fewer plays than the Giants. It just doesn't matter. Like they're, they're operating on a different scale uh, offensively. And I, I just, I don't see how Carolina slows this team down. And, you know, it, it says a lot that we're talking about, like, oh man, if they can't get Adam Thielen going, they might be in trouble.
2: Yeah, no, that that's uh that's not what you want to hear if you're a football team in the year two thousand twenty three. No. Like in 2018, different yeah. story, but but we're we're uh we're well past that. I mean, good on Adam Thielen, great value for fantasy so far this year, but uh yeah. boy, it's gonna be a tough week for him, tough week for the the Panthers generally.
1: Yeah, seems like a good guy, but uh don't love it this week. Let's talk about two games uh, that are both sitting at seven point spreads right now, hanging right out at the key number. We got a few of those this week. Um, we'll go to Cardinals Rams first, then we'll hit Eagles Jets. I'm starting to talk myself into the Rams this week, John. And I know seven points is not what you want. You know, Maybe this is something that you, you involve in a teaser, uh, find an alternate number if you're, if you're not playing in a contest this weekend. But I, I really think this is a great spot for the Rams. Favorites of seven points or more who are under 500 on the year, are 83 and 14 straight up over the last six seasons. They're winning those games by nearly 11 points per game. Uh, teams in, those, in that situation are 23 and 0 straight up over the last two seasons. Uh, all those numbers via the Action Network, they do a great job putting together a betting trends piece each week. Highly recommend you check that out. Um, again, never going to be comfortable betting a team at seven, but I, I I feel like we may have seen the beginning of the the Cardinals bubble bursting last week against Cincinnati.
2: That, that's the sticking point for, for me, because Carolina previously, or I'm sorry, the Cardinals previously um, had been, you know, a, a team that that's playing above, you know, what what you'd expect on, on the talent level. Um, they lose James Conner had been such a, a key piece of that offense, holding, you know, some modicum of, of respectability. And, you know, we saw the, the defensive secondary really break down last week against just one guy. Uh just yeah. Jamar Chase. But you know, I mean, any defense can break down against him. But I mean, 19 targets, like you know where the ball's going, guys. You gonna do something about it? No? Okay, fine. Um, but you know, this week you got the Rams, like reflexively, you know, to your point, you see seven, you you know the Rams aren't like a great team or anything, so so you're like, ah, oh, that's too many points. But um, I, I think in this instance they get cup pa- back back last week and he looks great. So now you have two dynamic options for, for Matthew Stafford. He's playing at, at an extremely high level right now. Um Again, big number here, but I, I think I'm, I'm with you uh, on the Rams th- this week. I think this could get actually pretty ugly for the cards.
1: Yeah. I, I'm still somewhat high on this Cardinals offense. You know, I, I thought a lot of things went wrong last week. They had that just devastating pick six uh, that, that completely flipped the game before halftime. And I think if that doesn't happen, you know, that that becomes a much dicier situation, for Cincinnati, but but the defense is what we're focusing on here. I mean, the, the defense is crumbling. Their bottom five in tackling, their bottom five in coverage grades at PFF. I, I wrote down like just a whole litany of terrible stats about their defense overall. Thirtieth in pass defense EPA, thirtieth in third down percentage, thirty-first in yards per drive allowed, thirty-first in pressure rate, dead last in opponent success rate. I, I think this is kind of a smash spot for this Rams passing game specifically. Like the Cardinals have been, they've been marginally better against the run. The Rams can't really run the ball. Like to me, that kind of cancels out. But I, mm-hmm. I think this is a, a huge spot for Stafford, for Cup, for Nakua.
2: Yeah, completely. So it, it's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be an air raid t- type of game for for the Rams, and and really, we're gonna need the Rams to to turn the ball over a bunch against a defense that doesn't really force a ton of those. And yeah, I think that mm-hmm. the trends and everything is just kind of pointing in in LA's direction here, even even with the number. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd look into the Rams team total over as well. Um, you know, wherever you could get that 27 and a half, 28 and a half, wherever, whatever number you can get. I, I think this could be a, a 30 point afternoon for LA Eagles jets, John uh, Eagles, seven point road favorites. Rams are seven point favorites at home. Eagles going to the New York jets uh, on the road. I, I don't feel quite as strongly, uh, especially when a number is sitting right at seven. Um, but I, I still like the look of this Eagles team. I, I know there's, there's some general hesitancy, you know, kind of around the NFL betting world about the Eagles, you know, new coordinators, not quite looking as smooth as last season. I get that. I also think it's just really hard to replicate how good they were during the regular season and really into the playoffs last year. I mean, that was one of the the more dominant, you know, week to week teams that we've seen in a while. And part of it was, you know, they faced a pretty soft schedule of opponents and opponents defenses. And that's not the case this year going up against a good defense in the New York jets. What is your initial read here on Eagles minus seven?
2: So my, my initial read was on the Jets, but but after talking to Mario a little bit more about the nuts and bolts, um, there there are some vulnerabilities about the, the Jets defense that that may not be like uh, a major talking point because when people talk about the Jets, they talk about Zach Wilson that they, they and they just you know the defense is playing well enough to where it's like it's not an issue per se, but it might not actually be as good as it was a season ago. And then, you know, on the Jets side of things. If they can't run the ball, they're they're effed and they're not gonna be able to run the ball on the Eagles. And you also have uh, Elijah Vera Tucker being out for the season. That's a huge loss along that offensive line that already was was kind of being pieced together. Um, So, I mean, you got to expect Jalen Carter and company to just kind of feast. I think that this could be like a meltdown spot for Zach Wilson. So the more I think on it, um, I, I think this is one of those Philly reminds everybody just how good they are.
1: Yeah, Eagles are 26 and three straight up when favored by three or more points with Jalen Hurts as the starter. Uh, so if you're thinking about you know, if you still got him left in Survivor, you know, maybe that's an option this week. I, I I just view the Jets as being a little overvalued right now. And, and maybe the, the flip side of that is the Eagles are a little undervalued. But I, I think people are putting too much stock into Zach Wilson looking competent for like 25 minutes of real time against the Chiefs. And then, you know, they, they're just kind of gifted this perfect matchup against the Broncos the next week. So there's, there's like this, this false narrative that the Jets are building momentum when I just, I I don't, I don't think that's the case. It's like, I, I guess Zach Wilson deserves some credit for, for making some throws, had a really nice one to Tyler Conklin to, to kind of seal that win against Denver. Just not the type of throw you're used to seeing from Zach Wilson. So maybe, maybe he's making slight progress, but you said it like they're not gonna be able to run the ball in this game. And if you're asking Zach Wilson to drop back and throw the ball 30 plus times, like that's never in, in recorded human history has that been a successful formula. And I, I think this is kind of one of those reminder games for the New York Jets that they, they need to find some sort of upgrade at quarterback if they want to do anything, uh, even, you know, make a wild card spot this season. So I, I think this could be the, uh, you know, like really turning up the heat on the Kirk cousins narrative game uh, if, and when the Eagles come out on top.
2: Yeah. Well, well said. Yeah. that That's going to be an interesting, um, you know, debate that, that, really kind of heats up over these next couple of weeks as we get uh, closer and closer to that trade deadline. Um, you know, the NFL pales in comparison to other sports with the trade deadline, but they're, they're trying to make it a little bit more interesting. And, and uh, yeah. you know, some, something like this jet situation where they have a clear need and, and the Vikings are clearly trending downward.
1: We'll see. We are brought to you by Circa resort and casino in Las Vegas. And just a reminder, as you are listening to a football podcast, it is football season at Circa. They feature the best pool in history, Stadium Swim, three levels, six pools, and a 143-foot diagonal screen. Stadium Swim is America's favorite place to watch football. They play every game from college to the pros, and you can catch all the action poolside from a variety of seating options. They got cozy day beds. They got private temperature-controlled cabanas. You could just sit in the hot tub. You could sit in the pool, watch whatever you want, the playoff baseball going on. Stadium Swim, located at Circa Resort Casino, is open 365 days a year. All sports all seasons. Book your stay today at CircaLasVegas.com. That is CircaLasVegas.com. All right. Where do we want to go next? John, let's uh let's talk some Vikings Bears. Vikings, two and a half point favorites on the road at Chicago. You'll see the number up at three at some books. It's holding at two and a half at DraftKings. I, I would like to say I could trust the Vikings here. I don't think we can trust the Vikings. I, I don't. I still don't think the Bears are good. I, I will. I will. You know, dig my heels in on that one. But you know, with Justin Jefferson going out with with the trade deadline whispers heating up, you know, I, I think we're a couple of weeks away from a potential fire sale for the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, this this is a an absolute must win game, and removing Justin Jefferson from the equation for a team that has already struggled to win games this season. I mean, this is. It feels like it's setting up well for Chicago. I, I don't feel great about either side here. I, I still think, you know, in, in general, in a game like this, I, I want the team with the vastly better quarterback, and that is Kirk Cousins. But it, it really feels like the, the Vikings, as a franchise, are kind of teetering on the edge of disaster, and, and this is the game that could kind of tilt it uh, toward the negative.
2: Right, and it, and it's in Chicago. Chicago's getting points here, not not a lot, but they're they're getting points. I'm inclined to take the points here. I, I like the the Bears in this spot. I think the Vikings are, are really um, in that downward spiral phase, and and the Bears, I agree, they're still not good, but like they they can beat a team like the Vikings. Let uh, in this type of setup, um, we'll see if they're able to carry the momentum. But it's two weeks in a row that they've had you know good offensive performances. I'm not super concerned about uh, the the injuries in that backfield. I think that they'll be able to cobble enough together. And I think that that connection with, with DJ Moore and Justin Fields right now is, I mean, that's pretty unstoppable. If you're playing DFS this weekend, by the way, DJ Moore is way too cheap. But um, be, beyond that, um, I, I thought that the the Bears defense also showed a, a lot more backbone against Washington than, than they had all season, really. They were starting to get home. Again, maybe that's a function of, of how just holding onto the ball too long, but um, I for the first time you could say that the bears actually looked like, a, like a real NFL defense. They're at home. Give me the bears here.
1: Yeah. Vikings run defense has been solid this year, a right. little bit above average. So I, I think that is, that is something you can lean on if you're Minnesota, but I also, I also think the bears are, are not your traditional running team. Like you're, you're not necessarily worried about the bears running backs beating you. You're, you're worried about the quarterback beating you. And I think that's a little bit tougher to quantify uh, when you you, t- you think about, you know, what Justin Fields does off script. I mean, we should note the bears are pretty banged up offensively. Uh, Cole Komet was limited again at Thursday's practice. I mean, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, Travis homer all three of those guys uh, might not play. So it it could be, could be time to dust off Deontay Foreman. uh, If you're still holding him in, in any shallower fantasy leagues, I I know I'll be rolling him out there in at least one league this week, but yeah, this is a stay away for me, you know, especially if we're, if we're talking about using it in circa, that's going to be a big no.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Uh, I, I am I guess I'm I'm more sold on a side in this one that, than you are but again we, we got to be in concert here we, as we build our card out and uh for well for mes well, like hmm?
1: you're that sold on the Bears
2: I am uh, I'm okay. just I'm that I'm that out on the on the Vikings I think it, it's it's oh. worth considering um and, okay. and I think that the ba- the Bears I mean Justin fields whatever whatever it is that that uh has forced the, this change of his over these last two weeks I mean we saw him you know crush it last year towards the end of the season mostly on the ground he's doing it through the air and i I've, I've been thir- for like thoroughly impressed like if the vikings don't yeah. drop a bunch of like uh disguised coverages and, and fields can kind of get to his reads right away without having to second guess himself he's really really deadly accurate and and the way that dj Moore is playing right now i think i think that, that that's enough we're going to see some explosives okay. out of the bears and it i think it's going to work out
1: Okay. I'll issue a retraction. We will, we will consider this one for the circa entry. I just, I I can't in good faith, you know, check the Chicago bears plus 2.5 box. Like I'm going to, I think that's one where you need to like go through like a couple of those captcha things to be like, are you sure? Okay. Please confirm your identity before you actually bet on the Chicago bears, Uh, a game that I am much more excited to watch Seattle, Cincinnati, very, very fun game. Very interesting game. Uh, Bengals three point favorites at home. That's where the number's been basically all week uh, things seemingly started to trend in the right direction for T Higgins. He had some comments today indicating that he uh, at least hopes to play this week was limited due to those broken ribs at practice on Thursday. I'm still waiting to see mode on T Higgins, just because the Bengals have the buy after this. Um, And obviously, you know, Cincinnati, given the hole that they dug themselves the first few weeks of the season, like you don't necessarily have the luxury of just holding T Higgins out, but you got the buy. You got to go to San Francisco after the buy. So I, I think there may be some motivation to uh, you know see if you can win this game without T Higgins, much like you did last week against Arizona on the other side, we got Seattle coming off of a buy Seahawks. zero and three ATS off of a buy the last three seasons really to me, John, this, this kind of comes down to like, are you a believer that the Bengals offense is back? And, you know, perhaps in accordance with that is Joe Burrow fully healthy. If he is, I like the Bengals. If last week was somewhat of a mirage against a bad defense, then, I could absolutely see Seattle going into Cincinnati and winning this outright.
2: So this is, yeah, that's what makes this game so interesting is, you know, last week's performance out in Arizona was, you know, so counter to anything that we had seen from them previously, even their win against the the Rams was like this grinded out effort that was, that felt like everything uh, had to be at like max effort to do every little thing, gain every single yard and really the like the defense is kind of clamped down and and that's kind of how they ended up winning that game against a bad offensive line. Last week was just so impressive and it just looks so different. I, I know that didn't show in the box score necessarily, but but I thought Joe Burrow moved around a lot better uh, than we had seen previously. Yeah. Um. And, and the defense is still really good. I, I know the, the Seahawks are, are off the buy and, you know, you, you threw out that stat about their recent performance um, coming off of the buy. But I, I think that, you know, this is a Bengals team that we had really, really high hopes for co- coming into the season. And, and really, the only limiting factor for them through the first four weeks was just Burrow not being himself whatsoever. And last week, he was. And I, I don't think we have reason to think that that goes away this week. And, and frankly, the Seahawks, I know they had the, the nice game against the, the Lions back in week two. But I'm not sold that they're much more than like an average team. I don't think they have like any one position group that, or uh you know, anything that that is you know screaming at, as an advantage in this particular spot. So the fact that we're we're getting the Bengals at just a field goal, I'm in on the Bengals
0: here.
1: Yeah, Seattle Seattle worries me in some ways. Uh You know, they're the second worst third down defense in the NFL. They are far and away the worst red zone defense in the NFL. Um, You know, it, basically if a team. Gets down in that area, they're going to score. And you know, Cincinnati, you certainly trust Joe Burrow to figure those situations out. Uh, what, what I do wonder about is can Cincinnati stop Seattle on the ground? I mean, the, the Bengals have very quietly been one of the worst rushing defenses in the league so far. I mean, they're allowing over 150 yards per game in terms of rush EPA. They rank 30th in the NFL ahead of only Washington and the moribund Denver Broncos defense. So. I, I think that that does play into Seattle here. Like, I think they want to ride Kenneth Walker. They want to ride Zach Charbonnet as much as they can. I, I think we get a really close game as the number indicates. Like I, I think Seattle off of bye, especially is going to be, you know, kind of ready to go for this one, even on the road. I, I think I do lean Bengals, but I, I think this is a game that probably comes down to the final possession.
2: Very possible. Um I, I, I guess I, I'm a little bit more confident in, in the Bengals here. I, I think we both, like them to cover, but I, I don't know if either of us are, are strong enough on it to to go on the on yeah. the official entry. But um, my my lean is that what Cincinnati did last week is for real, and so just two and a half or three points, I think that that's there's enough there on the, on the Bengals side here at home uh, for yeah. them to get this cover.
1: It did lock at two and a half in circa. I'll say that I feel Ooh, I feel a lot okay. better about that than, than taking them at three. Uh, all right, we we hit Niners Browns. Let's go to Saints Texans, all right. New Orleans Saints, the explosive, multiple New Orleans Saints coming off of a beatdown of the New England Patriots, one and a half point favorites on the road at the Houston Texans. Houston, I thought it acquitted itself okay last week against uh, against the Atlanta Falcons. You know, it kind of felt like they had driven down, won that game, and then uh, allowed Desmond Ritter to to kind of nickel and dime his way into field goal range for the game winner from Way Koo, but they end up losing that one by two. Uh, coming back home now, uh, I, I wouldn't say they're catching the saints at a good time because it does feel like new Orleans picked up, you know, some sort of momentum offensively last week. But I also think we have to stop talking about the Patriots as a good defense, like putting up 34 on the pads. Like that, that's maybe that's just an average defense at this point, you know? So I I don't, I don't view that as some sort of monumental accomplishment by new Orleans, but nonetheless, it was really the first time that we've seen this offense, like somewhat clicking this year, despite that another down game for Chris Olave. he's given them, you know, almost nothing the last two weeks.
2: Yeah, that that's been bizarre. Um, I, I don't really know what what to make of that. And apparently, he's he's dealing with a bit of a toe issue now. Um, but yes, uh, last week I think that that was just kind of an anomaly game. Uh, Patriots clearly catching them at, at the worst possible time. You know that they, they are just coming off a game where they lost what Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Um, yeah. So that that's a lot to figure out on the fly defensively, and obviously the, the Patriots' offense is a gigantic nothing burger. We'll we'll get to that when we talk about their game against the Raiders. But um, basically, I'm I'm giving the the Saints credit for for taking care of business last week, but but I'm not necessarily applying that in a way that makes me uh, think that they're a slam dunk to to cover this narrow spread in Houston. Um, Overall, I've really liked the way that that Houston's played this year and and coming off the loss. I feel like they're going to be ready to go in this spot and ma- maybe the saints maybe reading a little bit of their own press clippings a little bit too much. They haven't really done well under Dennis Allen, stringing wins together um, just two, six and one against the spread under Dennis Allen um, coming off of a win. So all of that is, is enough for me to, to lean Houston here. But um, I, again, I, I think we have some better games to, to use, but um, that that's the official uh, pick for me.
1: I lay in Houston as well. I, I do. I, I still think at some point, you know, this offensive line is is going to come back to bite them. And, and maybe this is the week against the Saints defense that continues to play really well. Uh, we don't expect Tank Dell to play for the Texans, which is strangely kind of a big deal uh, considering how mm. good he's been. Robert Woods has been banged up. He was limited at practice today. So, you know, might be down a couple of weapons for CJ Stroud. Uh, Derek Carr, by the way, just 17-32-2 in his career as a favorite. So not, not necessarily a, you know, a trend that you want to follow here. And you mentioned, we could, we could dig up like 15 very negative stats about Dennis Allen uh, in a spot like this. So I'm with you. I, I think I'll I'll take the one and a half. It's, it's not many points, but it is points. And I'll, I'll, I'll ride the, the home team here in the Houston Texans. Let's go to the Colts of the Jaguars. Jags mm-hmm. are are back from London. Uh, just a rousing success over there, giving the people what they want. 2-0 beating the Falcons and the Bills. The Jags did not elect to take the bye here, which is is interesting, but, you know, Doug Peterson spoke about it this week and basically said, look, we, it's a long season. You know, you don't want, you don't want your bye this early. We want to buy in the middle of the year to, to kind of gear up for the stretch run. And I, I get that. I mean, it's just, you know, being in London for two weeks, coming back, having to play this game, play on a short week next week against the Saints. I mean, it's, it's a bit of a gauntlet here for the Jaguars. You get the TNF game in week seven, nonetheless, Jacksonville four point favorites, at home against the Colts, uh, you'll see it up at four, to, four and a half at FanDuel, four at DraftKings. Um, you know they're getting Gardner Minshew, which scares the hell out of me. No question about that. They've already beaten Anthony Richardson this season, uh, but it's going to be Gardner Minshew for the foreseeable future here for the Indianapolis Colts. Minshew two and nine ATS in his last eleven starts. That, that like just doesn't add up to me. Like for some reason, I just feel like Minshew wins every game he, he plays. That's not, that's completely know, not the right? case whatsoever. Um, I, I'm worried about this. I, I'm worried about the unquantifiable. Minchu magic factor.
2: Right. And with, with revenge in his heart, no less. Um, but, you know, Indianapolis, they're, they're, they're a tricky team to, to figure out. And they, they, uh, you know, you know, the history of this uh, storied rivalry as, as well as anybody. Uh, Indianapolis is not one in Jacksonville since 2014. Uh, that is one of the more bizarre little trends uh, that, that is still ongoing in the league over that time span. Uh you know, we, we have a situation here where Jonathan Taylor, this is gonna be a second week back. We know that Zach Moss is running well. So we, we figure that the run game should be uh cooking along fairly nicely for Indianapolis here and, and I think that they're gonna be um you know it's it's not as hard to game plan for as Anthony Richardson but I think Minshew can manage this game well enough and, and uh if the Indianapolis defense keeps the Jacksonville offense uh kind of stuck in the mud, which uh, oftentimes it's found itself. Um, I think four points is a gettable figure for, for Indianapolis here.
1: That's where I lean as well. You know, I, we, we had to lock in our staff picks for the article earlier this week and I, I just kind of you know defaulted Jags. I was riding the wave coming off the Bills win. And then I, I sat down and wrote my article yesterday and I, I couldn't get there. I couldn't get there. I, I, I'm kind of playing both sides on this one. I, especially at four and a half, I like Indy. Um, yeah, you know, I think the Colts, they're in the better spot here. I know they're on the road, but you want to be playing a team coming back from spending two weeks in London, a team that's probably feeling itself and maybe rightfully so. But, you know, the, the Jags have just not looked all that good offensively for four out of five games. You know, last week against Buffalo was easily their best offensive game of the year. And, you know, they still committed a couple of turnovers and, and that was a little bit more uncomfortable than it needed to be. At the end, I I want to see the Jaguars, you know, be this team for a few more weeks before we we just say okay, now this is the team that we thought they were, uh, because you know, 80% of the sample so far says that this is a a very inconsistent offensive team, a team that struggles to convert on third and fourth downs, and I think that will come back to bite them. You also forget they were trailing going into the fourth quarter against this very Colts team in Week One, and you had some things go their way uh, to end up winning that game. But uh, Jacksonville is still a very mistake-prone offense. It's still an, an offensive line that I do not trust. Um, and in a lot of ways, I think the defense has carried them to a three and two mark so far. I, I do think they'll do, they'll do a good job limiting uh, Zach Boss and limiting Jonathan Taylor. I, I'm not super concerned about that, but um, you know, it, taking away Anthony Richardson, that, that, that removes this whole, you know, you got to keep an eye on the quarterback at all times uh, type of mentality because he could take off and, and get you 15 yards whenever he wants. But it also opens things up for this Colts passing game. So I, I see the arguments on both sides, but with this sitting at four, four and a half, I I lean Colts, but I, I don't feel, I, I don't feel compelled one way or the other.
2: Fair enough. Uh, I'm, I'm on Indianapolis here. I, I think that, yeah, the, the the travel factor here and, and the fact that I, I don't think that the Jags have necessarily figured things out that they, they caught, you know, the Falcons over there and then, you know, the bills, uh, I think that they'll re- rethink their travel plans next time they sleptwalk for, for like the entire first half yeah. of that game last week. So um, I envision that being a little bit different uh, for them moving forward, but it's uh, it's a lot for th- this Jaguars team to, to cover at home, at yeah. even four points. I, I think I'm, I'm just going to take uh, the, the points in this spot, give me Indiana, Indianapolis to cover.
1: All right, we got four games left. Uh, let's see if we could do Patriots-Raiders in under a minute, John. Raiders, three-point yes. favorites. Mac Jones, 0-10 ATS as a dog since the start of last season. Jimmy G 18 and six as a dog, uh, ATS in his career. Of course he is favored in this game. Oh man. I, I, the Patriots mystique is dead. There's this belief that at some point, you know, Bill Belichick will just, you know, overcome everything. And, and because he's such a great coach, you know, that the Patriots will just figure this out. That narrative is dead to me. The Patriots do not generate turnovers whatsoever. That's what you need to do to beat the Las Vegas Raiders. They're they're begging you to generate those turnovers. I don't think they get it done. I you know with the number sitting at three, it's like you, you can totally see this being a low-scoring, ugly game. I, I think the Raiders win it straight up. I, I would just look at the money line on this one. I'm I'm just I'm out on New England. I, I don't think this season is salvageable.
2: Tired. The the new giant lighthouse outside of um uh Gillette Stadium wired the sphere in Vegas, baby. Yes, um, baby. That, that's the cool stuff right there. But uh beyond that, um Yeah, nobody likes the Raiders. Like nobody thinks that they're a particularly good team. But the Patriots are real bottom dwellers right now. They're they're a broken team that they they don't seem to have any sort of identity on either side of the ball. They're like we talked about. They're really banged up defensively, and on offense, they're the they're like the slowest team in the NFL in terms of its personnel. Like there there's no game breaking speed anywhere or anything close to it. Uh, There we got a Jacoby Myers revenge game potentially on the Raiders. I mean, Max Crosby's playing like a man possessed that this could just be a real long day for for Mac Jones. I hope that we have a play similar to the to the one that ended the game between these two teams last year. But I don't think it's going to take that long for for this one to be decided give me the Raiders.
1: Uh, yeah it's it's all bad for new england man like there's there's like not a single like unit or phase of their their team that you can isolate and be like well this 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 part's playing well it's like everything's been bad everything's bad max bad the coaching's bad the running game's bad the offensive line might be the single biggest issue that this team has and you know max crosby is kind of a one-man show for the raiders but we saw it uh, on monday night against great bay like he he can't wreck this game and i think he probably does Uh, i also you know I, I'm I'm willing to like hear out these, like you hear people say like, oh, if Mac Jones was on the 49ers, could he do what Purdy's doing? It's like, I don't know, maybe I, I don't, I, I don't get this like galvanizing energy out of Mac Jones that he's like, you know, the type of guy that you, you think could kind of figure out a way to climb out of this. Like it, it he just kind of seems like as cooked as, as this offense does in general. So I, I, I have very little faith that this is the week uh, that new England goes on the road and writes and the ship. And I, I think we are, we are not far from from talking about you know New England as one of those teams that might throw a hat into the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. So enough Pats Raiders. That's all we're going to say about that one. Lions Buccaneers, John. Fun mm-hmm. game. Fun fun game in the afternoon window. I don't know why this is in the afternoon window. This is you know two Eastern or Eastern time zone teams squaring off. But hey, I'll be watching it alongside Cardinals Rams and Eagles Jets. Uh, number is three in favor of the Detroit Lions at DraftKings. It's three and a half uh, in circa can I interest you in a little Buccaneers home underdog uh, You know, in, in the circuit contest? I think there, there are some things that might point us there.
2: You absolutely can, especially with it being three and a half. I love that. I, I think that the Lions banged up, um, you know, you, I'm on Ross St. Brown's supposed to play. That's great. But Sam Laporta dealing with a calf injury that he just picked up on, on Thursday. Um, they don't really seem like they're going to ever get Jameson Williams going. So there's that Jameer Gibbs still dinged up and it's, you know, a Lions team that, that's probably feeling itself and it's on the road and it's against a Bucs team that, that's coming off the buy. Uh, the Bucs have been, you know, they, they're one of those teams that I alluded to at the top of the show. It's like, we're going to learn a lot about who they are um, in this game because they're, you know, what are they three and one um, with, with the one loss coming against the one like true quality opponent that they've faced. And I don't know if I put the Lions quite in the same tier as the Eagles, but they, I mean, they obviously qualify as a good team nonetheless. So are, are the Bucks able to, to kind of punch above its above their weight class? That's what we're going to find out here, but I'm willing to bet that they will. I, I think that they're going to be able to keep this one close. I wouldn't be completely shocked if they win this one. The defense is, is tough. Um, I'm not St. Brown might get a, a tough matchup against uh, Antoine Winfield. Mario and I were talking about that on the pod earlier uh, so this, this feels like a potential trap if nothing else for, for the lions. And I yep. feel like it's a, it's a good spot, especially at the number for, for the bucks.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is a trap. I think the lions know it's a trap. Um, but you know, Tampa coming off of a buy, I think this is a good spot getting this one at home. Um, you know, we'll see on Mike Evans. Like that's actually kind of a big deal to me if, if he plays or does not play in this game. Uh, you know, he's limited at practice today. Todd Bowles basically said Friday. Uh, is the day that's going to determine whether or not he's available. It's like you take Mike Evans away from that offense and things get pretty bleak pretty quickly. That's a lot on Chris Godwin. That's a lot on what's just been a horrific running game. Like I I don't think Tampa Bay is going to be able to run the ball at all on Detroit. So you're putting a lot on Baker Mayfield's shoulders. And and that's really what, what prevents me from, from loving the Buccaneers here. But if you can get it at three and a half, I I think Tampa has to be the side here. Uh, Although, you know, Detroit sneakily been like the best team in the NFL against the spread for the last two plus years. I mean, they're 27 and 12 ATS since the beginning of the 2021 season. Not a lot of great trends. Like a, a lot of the Dennis Allen trends, I feel like it could just translate directly to Todd Bowles. He's yeah. 20, 28 and three ATS as a dog. He's 14 and 37 straight up as a head coach, Baker Mayfield, six and 11 ATS coming off of a buy. Um, so I, I'd be a little nervous taking the Buccaneers here, but I think, you know, getting it at home, coming off the buy, catching the lions at a good time. Uh, like you said, they're riding high. They're feeling themselves. That's not always a good thing. Uh, even if they've generated some positive momentum offensively, and look, I, I, I could say Mike Evans is a big deal. But if Sam Laporta doesn't play in this game, I mean, it's not often you can say this about a rookie tight end. Like that would be a that would be a huge loss for Detroit.
2: Yeah, it makes them a lot less dynamic uh, in in their passing game. And and you know, like
1: J- Josh Reynolds,
2: like kind of like is already cashed in his good games for the year, so you can't really expect that to to continue necessarily. And I think the Bucks. Have a front seven that, that's pretty gonna be pretty tough against the run. So Dave Montgomery's had some really favorable setups of late. I don't see that being the case this time. So it's gonna have to be on golf a little bit. And you know, when that is the case, that, that can get a little bit dicey for, for him. So I, I'm feeling great about the Bucks here. And and uh I think that this is weirdly like the best game competitive competitive-wise and intrigue on the
1: entire Sunday slate? Am I crazy for saying that? Uh, to me, it's right there with Seahawks-Bengals. Those are those are yeah. the two that I'm really excited for. I, I, I'm in on Seattle off a of bye. I think that's going to be a really competitive game.
2: Uh, I love it. I, I totally agree that that's going to be a fun one. We're going to learn a lot. And then, uh, yeah, this, this Lions-Bucks, like so many things can happen. I'm pos- I've positioned myself, for better or for worse, to, to be riding with, with uh, the, the 2023 iteration of Baker Mayfield. But here we go.
1: All right, we got two more. The the two primetime games, Sunday and Monday, Giants Bills. We will begin there. Oh boy, the numbers up to 14 and a half in favor of Buffalo at home, coming off of that that ugly loss to Jacksonville. Pretty obvious revenge spot, I think, here for Buffalo. And it's starting to look more and more like it might be the Tyrod Taylor show for the Giants.
2: So it, is there any way you just hold your nose and take the points and, and duck? Or is this going to be about as bad of a blowout as, as we as we think it is?
1: So, what gives me some pause is the injuries for for Buffalo on the defensive side. You know, I mean, they've they still have plenty of talent available, but I mean, you're taking away two of your three most important players on defense in Milano and Trey White, and I think that makes a big difference. Milano especially makes a huge yeah. difference. Now, does that matter against Tyrod Taylor and the Giants? I don't know. Uh, it's certainly going to matter against some of their matchups coming up in the next few weeks, but. Yeah, I mean, there are some people that would just see 14 and a half and, you know, kind of look at this blindly and say, I don't care who the teams are. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not taking anybody minus 14 and a half. You know, these situations, as you mentioned at the top of the show, have favored the favorite so far this season. Uh, obviously, we just saw the Giants lose uh, against the spread and straight up in a similar spot last week to Miami. I, you know, the, the thing is, if Daniel Jones doesn't play in this game, like it's nothing against Daniel Jones necessarily, but is that really even a true downgrade with just how? Out of sorts, this offense has been like. I, I don't think. I don't think that really shifts anything for me. It, you know, in terms of running, like they're they're both kind of similar. What, what they can give you there, like daniel Jones has not really been able to be himself because of how bad this offensive line has been. So it, it's certainly not a positive for the Giants if he doesn't play. But I also don't think to me it's something where I would feel you know two or three points different about this line.
2: No, so I mean, it, it will look different, but the results are basically going to be the same. Like t- Tyrod is going to be. Uh, having defenders in his face, like the second that he gets the snap, it's going to be really probably a bloodbath. I mean, the 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 Giants, their offensive line woes—they're they're not going to get better. Doesn't look like they're getting much uh, in the way of healthier or getting any reinforcements back. They're a busted team, man. Like they are the most joyless watch. I, I think that there is like that them and the Patriots, I guess, for, Patriots, for different yeah. reasons, um, but. Yeah, with with the Giants, they, I mean, they're just cooked. Like there's just nothing that they can do. If they if they get above thirteen points, they, like it'll be a miracle here. And I think that this is a spot where you know we were talking a lot about the, the Giants' defense um, last week and how uh, ineffective it had been. And obviously, it had some, some good moments last week, but I don't think that they're going to be able to hold up for sixty minutes against um, the the Bills. Bills are at home. Even if Saquon Barkley comes back, he's not going to have any room to run. So, yeah. I, I, no one is stoked to take 14 and a half in an NFL game, but this feels like one of those spots where the Bills just completely paced him. More than anything, I'm di- who's who's just excited for to see the, the Giants on national television again? Why'd they not do me, this?
1: John. Not Why'd me, John. Why'd they do that? I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills. You, you talked me into it. Um, actually, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, i don't know could anybody talk me into the giants case Uh, like it was a compelling case by you but no the bills are winning this game they're winning big i mean this could be like 31 nothing at the half it really could i mean there's you look at some of the defensive numbers especially like bills are basically number one across the board in any stat related to sacking the quarterback like they're by far number one in pressure rate um you know they're 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 really not even blitzing that much they're blitzing at a bottom 10 rate in the nfl they're still getting pressure on a third uh, of dropbacks. so i I just don't see it here. And, you know, you mentioned, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to play. Who knows about Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, likely not going to play. They have like seven other offensive linemen banged up and Darren Waller was still limited at practice too. So it's a very real chance that Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller, Andrew Thomas, you're probably your four best offensive players could all miss this game, which, you know, in my mind, more than offsets the absences on that Buffalo defense. All right. We're in agreement there. Bills minus 14 and a half. That brings us. So Monday night, Cowboys chargers, Cowboys, two point favorites at LA chargers coming off of the bye. should get Austin Eckler back. Uh, we'll see where Justin Herbert is at with that broken finger on his non-throwing hand. So we're not, not necessarily worried about that impacting the passing game all that much. It's more about, you know, hanging out of the ball. You know, how much is, is he willing to run, take hits, things of that nature. Um, I, I, I don't have a, a really strong lean on this one, John, but I, I am kind of seeing this as a, a get right spot for Dallas. And more so that Dallas defense. Uh, I, I think the Chargers are going to struggle to run the ball here. I, I think the Cowboys are going to dial up the pressure. And I, I think even off of a buy at home, this is kind of a tough spot for the Chargers. And it's not often you say that you're catching a team that just got waxed on national TV last week at a bad time. But I, I think this is kind of a, all right, we need to prove to everybody that we are actually good type of game for the Cowboys. So I, I like Dallas minus two on the road.
2: I think you're right. Um, you know, the, these are two teams that I hate backing. So like that, them being pitted against each other really puts me in, in a bit of a pickle. Um, and, you know, earlier in the week, as I saw the line, it, it steered me towards uh, taking the Chargers. But I think that the more that uh, more more the time passes, uh, the more I see that the Cowboys being able to, to win this one again. You're, you're, they're not asking you a ton. They're, they just need to win by a field goal. I generally have a very low opinion of the chargers mostly because of the coaching staff and the defense Um, certainly helps that Eckler will be back. But um, yeah, the Cowboys need to bounce back in in the worst way. And I, I think playing the chargers is something that can help to that. And so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Cowboys here, even, even after last week's uh, just absolute pantsing.
1: Yeah. You know, historically Dak has not been great in these spots, um, you know, kind of going up against elite opponents, but he is 21, 14 and one ATS in primetime games, uh, and we, we know for a fact the Chargers, like even if the Chargers play well, they're going to find a way to let Dallas back into this game, right? Like even if even if things go awry in the first half for the Cowboys, the Chargers will charge this up. And I think that's where, you know, getting the two instead of three is big here for Dallas. Like I, I, I'm not saying the Cowboys are going to come in and just win in a romp, but if one team is winning this game by a field goal, I think that team is Dallas.
2: Yep, completely agree. So get give us the Cowboys, even though they, okay. they've, uh, they've, they've beaten who? They, they've beaten the Giants, they've beaten the Jets, and they've beaten the Patriots, and they've lost to the Cardinals and the in um, the Niners. So, like, I, I'm not sure exactly how good the Cowboys are, but I do think that they are better that, than the Chargers, even out in LA. All
1: right, let's talk a little Survivor here, John. You know, we're, we're deep enough uh, into the season where it's it's kind of hard to speculate and just be like, yeah, take this team because we don't know who you have left in your Survivor pools. And if you're alive, congratulations. You've made it basically to the one third mark uh, and here's where it gets difficult. Uh, You know, I I think a lot of the usual suspects are are the teams that we're going to be picking this year or this week, excuse me, Casey, Miami, Buffalo. Those to me are the, are the three safest. Uh, You know, on the second tier for me, Philly, San Francisco, uh, the LA Rams are another one that I like. And then I, I have the Jaguars and the Baltimore Ravens in my complete sicko four loco stay away tier.
2: Yeah, I I think you have that that tiered up right. Um, I'm glad that you included the Rams as the a, a second tier option because I, I think if if I don't have the Dolphins or the Bills available, nor that nor the Chiefs, I think I would I would lean closer to, towards the Rams uh, and and also the Eagles would 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 uh, be in consideration for me as well. But with, with uh, the the spreads being equal, I, I'd prefer to take the the home side, and that that would be the Rams. So it. If you're if you're looking for a deeper cut this week that that's where I'm leaning
1: John it's that time give me your parlay of the week
2: all right so we got three teams going in this one uh last week uh only one out of the three legs hit so not awesome we're gonna try to bounce it back this week give me Indianapolis plus four and a half give me Tampa Bay plus three and a half give me Cincinnati minus two and a half so that'll give you about six to one on the payoff okay
1: okay we like it two dogs getting in on the action mm-hmm. this week I'm taking a dog as well that is the Seattle Seahawks we're going up against each other here I'm taking the Seahawks uh to cover two and a half I'm taking the Indianapolis Colts with you uh at four and a half and then we're we're involving a total here John Baltimore Tennessee under 42. that gets you under 561 so we're gonna we're gonna know after that London game you know whether this parlay is even alive going into to the actual Sunday slate but uh, we'd like the under on 42. I, I don't, I don't know why that number has risen at all. I, I think both these teams could, could easily, uh, fail to score 20 points. Uh, teaser of the week. We're going with a six and a half pointer this week. We've, we've been kind of relying on these, these cheap seven point teasers. No, no, we're ratcheting up. The difficulty this week, six <laughs> and a half, we are going to tease the Rams down to minus 0.5. So Rams basically just got to win this game. Uh, the Eagles we're teasing them down to even they have to win. And we're teasing the Niners, uh, to minus two. So Rams got to win. Eagles got to win. Minors, niners have to win uh, by at least a field goal.
2: OK, I, I think that all of those are within within a good realm of possibility. I, I like this teaser uh, that you have drawn up a lot. You know, we we talked about liking the Rams and the Eagles both by a touchdown and uh, just an inconceivable figure that we like uh, the 49ers with. So getting them at just two points. Yeah, baby.
1: I like this teaser a lot. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Give me your best bet, John. Are you going Niners? It is Niners for me. Um, we, again, you'll probably
2: have to to lock this one in sooner rather than later, um, because this could really climb over the weekend if Deshaun Watson ultimately gets ruled out. Um, but if, if that's not your bag, if you prefer to take something a, a little bit uh, on the smaller side, but but also a little bit riskier, uh, the Bucks plus three and a half uh, would, would be my my uh, my secondary uh, lock okay. of the week.
1: I think I'm going to ride with you on the Niners. Um, you know, again, it's, it's maybe a little cheap not not locking this in on Sunday morning. But look, eight and a half. I think that's going to end up looking like a really friendly number if this Deshaun Watson situation breaks the way that we think it could. Um, you know, I, I consider Dolphins honestly two weeks in a row. Uh, I just. I Think they can do it. I think they will do it, but I, I don't I don't want to dive into those waters, you know, too head-on. Like I, I think picking the picking the dolphins two weeks in a row is dangerous territory. So I will I will ride with you on the San Francisco 49ers. John, want to thank you for stopping by. As always, this is my the highlight of my week every single Thursday. Likewise. We want to thank Circa. Again, check out circa to book your stay. Go go see Stadium Swim, the best pool in the world. Uh, I don't even know what, what it is. It's just the best pool in history, I guess, is what the what the read says. That, that includes the world. So it's the best pool in the history of the world. We can confirm that. We always love hanging out at Circa. Best of luck to everybody watching along. Best of luck to everybody listening. Good luck if you're playing this Broncos-Chiefs game tonight. Uh, and we will check in with you next week.